Hi, this is Jam Mateus, and you're listening to the All Stars Superfan Podcast. We talk, we talk, we talk super. Superboy, boy, boy, Superboy. Hi Superfans, welcome once again to All-Star Superfan, the podcast that explores the full 84-year legacy of the Man of Steel. I'm Alan Burke and joining me again, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Ireland's own answer to Sonny Crockett, Mr. Rob O'Connor. Rob, so you're looking very tanned. Have you been somewhere nice? <laughs> yes, Alan, why I've been to Capital City, Florida this week. Um, <laughs> it's in Sonny Siegelville, which is where I picked up this beautiful tan. That is in, um, I've already said Florida. Uh, no, I, I, I was in Albufeira in Portugal which um is has a lot of kind of pastel buildings and stuff like that so i took the time to do some miami vice cosplay and, and those will be posted to our socials everybody my girlfriend so very kindly took some photos it's it's the nicest and weirdest thing she's ever done for me and i'm very grateful to her um but that's that's for a different podcast and <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know rob we love hearing from our listeners so please reach out and get in touch you can find us on facebook and instagram at all star Superfan and on twitter at all star super pod you can also reach us uh, with your thoughts and opinions by emailing all star super fan at gmail.com and be in with a, a good chance of having your email read live on air rob i just want to get straight into it because i'm really excited um about tonight's guest like you know yourself since we launched all-star superfan back in may of 2021 we've been inundated with support from various corners of the superman community and one of our strongest supporters has been our guest tonight he is arguably the legacy gatekeeper of the superboy television show which ran from 1988 to 1992 he's the founder of uh, the legacy website and the host of the superboy the legacy podcast he's a fan and a collector of all things superboy but first i'd like to welcome our guest sam j rizzo to all-star superfan by apologizing sam i'm really sorry our favorite superman show kills your favorite superman show (laughs) (laughs) it's it's okay guys i forgive you that's okay Hey. Okay. I, I love Lois and Clark, too. I grew up with Lois and Clark. So, yeah, I mean, I love that first season. I love Dean Cain. Awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, you guys killed my show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so great to have you on the show. We've been talking about getting on for a long time and stuff. And it's, you know, we've we've covered, as I'm sure you know, we've covered some episodes of, of um, Superboy before. And we've had JM on to talk about the, some of the episodes uh, he's written and stuff. Rob is a, is a big fan. Like, we have to admit that when we started the podcast, our love was kind of at a lower level but <laughs> we've really gained an appreciation no, yeah, for the show. Love. My your love. My love. Okay. A, okay. My love was on I've a lower level. But my my appreciation for the show has really grown and Rob there's some episodes of Superboy that Rob absolutely adores and yeah. it's 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 a hidden gem and a kind of uh, uh, you know especially over here in in Europe where it didn't really air in Ireland and it kind of aired briefly on I think it was was a Sky 1 Rob in the UK. I, yeah, Sky One, and then it aired sporadically on Sky Two, and a lot of the bootlegs that were floating around for a long time were taped off of Sky <laughs> Two, which is pretty interesting. Yes, yeah, so you probably know that already, do you? Uh, yeah, you know, um, am I too loud, guys? Sorry. Um, no, 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 you're fine. You know what? Uh, I have a bunch of the bootlegs. Uh, 
And they all say Sky 1 or Sky 2 up in the yeah. right or left corner. So, yeah. Like, for a while, those were the only... That was the only way you could see them was through those those Sky 1 or Sky 2 bootlegs. So, yeah. And it's just so crazy because my absolute earliest memory of Superboy, it was so early that I think I actually imagined it for many years, was I saw an ad on... It must have been Sky 1 or Sky 2 for Super Menace. And I know it was Super Menace because... It was the scene of Superboy walking out of a bank and I think he's holding like a, a, a bag of dollar bills and like there's <laughs> there's an alarm going off behind him and I was watching it as like a three-year-old going, what the heck is going on? This isn't Superman, he's evil, you know? So it's definitely that episode and then I never heard nor saw anything about it ever again until oh, wow. I was like That's 14 crazy. or 15 yeah. on the internet. It's know? really unknown over here, like even amongst really? fans, it's really unknown. I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that you just cannot... Well, firstly, like like we said earlier, it didn't really air over here. And like even when it did air, it was only people who had Sky One, which is a kind of a, a cable channel over here that, that obviously saw it. It only ran, I think, that one time, um, which is what, 30, 35 years ago now. Yeah, the DVDs, the DVDs are impossible to get your hands on over here. I mean, oh, even, really? wow. you can get them on eBay, but like you're you're going to be paying... What what is it, Rob? Like 40, 50, 60 quid for the box set and then postage and import over here. So you're basically, I, m- I remember trying to get, pick up the first season before and I, I think by the time I paid it, it was like $75 to get it over here, like for the for the first season and stuff. So it's, it's it, that's a reason we, I love your podcast because, you know, it really fills us in on, on, on stuff we genuinely didn't know, which is rare in the, super fan commu- in the Superman community. Yeah, I think uh, Rob and Alan, you guys hit on it. Uh, earlier like if you didn't catch it in its initial run you didn't catch it at all and like Mm. going to conventions as a kid especially here in chicago um looking like going to wizard world and going to c2e2 c2e2 is okay but wizard world now it's fan expo um i would go to all the different vendors that would have lobby cards or eight by tens and say hey do you have anything from the adventures of superboy and they give you that perplexed look like, don't you mean Smallville? Don't you mean Lois and Clark? And I'm like, no, there, there's this other great show that introduced Bizarro, Metallo, uh, gave you a Lex that was sinister from like he yeah. could he could joke it with you and then stab you right in the back. Like he was so good, uh, yeah. Sherman Howard. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, like it was. I remember going to those shows and people going, "I don't know what you're talking about," and looking at you like you were crazy. So yeah. I kind of like took it upon myself, like to uh, spread the word about this great series that lasted 100 episodes. And I mean, you talk to anybody; those last two seasons, season three and season four, they're some of the best Superman stories ever mm-hmm. put to film. On, uh, yeah. I mean. I, it's it's pretty disheartening when when Gerard Christopher or John Newton is not mentioned in the same breath as Henry Cavill or uh, or Dean Kane. It's pretty sad, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. that's what that's one of my biggest pet peeves, Sam. Sorry to cut across you. When people do these fan art things, right, and they have every actor that played Superman, and they have all the way back to Kirk Allen, and they'll have Kirk Allen and George Reeves and uh, Christopher Reeve, and then they'll just skip to Dean Kane. And then, the, you know, they'll even have Tom Welling in there and he never even wore the goddamn suit. And then you're like, where's John Newton and Jared Christopher? Like they yeah. played 
essentially Superman. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, anytime, anytime I see one of those fan art things, I'm always that little keyboard warrior underneath, going, "Where are the two actors who played Superboy? Yeah. God damn it!" And you, and there's always somebody that comments and says, "Well, they're Superboy. They're not Superman." Well, uh, John. Well, what New- about Tom Welling? Yeah. What about Tom? Well-, well, John Newton got to voice Superman in Rob Pratt's That's Superman right. classic, so he has his Superman yeah. status. And Gerard, I mean, if anybody has seen Gerard, uh, now he looks like he could play Kingdom Come Superman. He still <laughs> yeah, is in so. fantastic shape. He's amazing. Uh, the guy, the guy is just incredible. And I mean, that was my Superman or Superboy yeah. growing up. So, and it, it was only while, like, you know, doing research for these for 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 different episodes of this podcast and covering other episodes of Superboy that I learned, like from from you, Rob, that there's more episodes of Superboy than there is Lois and Clark. Yeah, <laughs> which is is crazy because fair enough, Lois and Clark again suffers from that kind of thing where it doesn't get as uh, enough appreciation for what it was for its time. It's it it also has kind of been forgotten in the mists of time, and uh, you know it is underappreciated. And maybe it's some people can say it's because of of uh, issues that people have with Dean and stuff. Now you know who knows the fact that they were left out of say the the Crisis um, crossover on CW and that, but like it's it's Lois and Clark is remembered especially in this part of the world where you know it was a pretty big deal for a while um and so the fact that there's more episodes of 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 Superboy is is crazy like that it went on that that long and you know it's it's fantastic and I mean I mean Superboy it was unique in a way because it really brought in all the comic book writers from yesteryear Michael Mm -hmm. Carlin yeah yeah Andy Helfer uh Carrie Bates um, Mark Jones was just the showrunner in season two. I mean, these guys knew the heartbeat of Superman. Yeah. Denny O'Neill wrote episodes, didn't he? Denny O'Neill wrote some episodes. Yeah, he did. And so, that's something that a lot of shows never do. They never tap into the 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 talent that's at hand there, for, you know, the, the comic book writers themselves. And they're all in-house there at Warner Brothers, which is so frustrating. It's like, come on. Oh, my God. Like if any, I think they're, I think they're 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 kind of getting better at it now, you know. Like on the newer shows, like Jeff Johns obviously is really involved, and, mm-hmm. and Mark mm-hmm. Guggenheim was was big in comics for years, and then he was the showrunner on Arrow, and I think they they're bringing them in here and there, and like there's a little bit more of a relationship on the TV side, but there's still nothing on the movies, yeah, like, except it's, for it's super Jeff Johns kind of involved in Jeff Johns kind of involved in the movies here and there, but then there was that madness with Justice League, and I don't think people like him anymore, and it's like. Yeah, they work together, guys. Come on. <laughs> and if right. you were a fan, if you were a fan of like the Christopher Reeve era of Superman, like there's a lot of the Superboy show that's for you. I mean, the suit is is almost identical. Um, the 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 wire work. A lot of the the guys who who worked on the wire work and stuff are the, are the same crew that worked on the movies. And you can really tell. Like we've said it here before. Like the wire work on Superboy is outstanding. No, they they had Bob Harmon. They had that whole flying unit that flew Chris, and they that, that flew Helen too. So they yeah. really knew what they were doing. And I mean, if you go and look each season, the the takeoffs and the landings got better and better and better. John Hames Newton was amazing that first season with his takeoffs and his landings. Gerard got better and better and better each season. They had him flying yeah. down a hallway for God's sake in Rebirth, yeah. which was. On, on an angle that's no harness come on it's it's really really cool what they did and is, uh, is rebirth the one where he flies up kind of through the yeah on an angle staircase? like yeah that's amazing yeah it was really really I cool love that one but uh um, i just want to say sam as well like 
you know, obviously me and Alan growing up, we, we just knew nothing about the show. And you get, I, I think I was, I was around kind of 13, 14. I, w- I was on the internet a little bit more. I, I was kind of discovering the Superman homepage. There was whispers about, oh, maybe they're going to make another Superman movie. And there was all this kind of stuff. And then I heard about Superman, the new movie, which was in development in the early 90s. And they mentioned that the actor who played Superboy, Gerard Christopher, was potentially going to play him. And I was like, well, hold on a second, Superboy? What the hell is that? <laughs> and then through that, I discovered all these little websites. There was a guy called WMC who had a Superboy tribute website. That was Doug Rennie Chambers. Cowan. Yeah. Doug Chambers, that's right. Mm-hmm. Rennie Cowan, I think, had a site. And then you had the Superboy homepage. And yeah. I just scoured through those, through those sites. I was reading all your episode guides, all your kind of articles about the show. All, you had loads of photos up there and you had fan fiction. The first fan fiction I ever read was on your site. Yeah. I, it's, it, it was good. Uh, oh, my God. You, you took me down memory lane a couple months ago when you were going through all the old websites. Um, I remember yeah. Doug with DMCW Superboy page. Um and then it was my page. I had Angel Fire. I had a Superboy page Angel through Fire. Angel Fire. Does anybody remember Angel Fire? Put it in the comments <laughs> yeah, below. Um, and then uh, Miss Cowan came with her her page. Um, but yeah, I I started mine in '98. That was when wow. I started mine, and I learned how to build websites on Microsoft Front Page, like. I'm really dating myself, aren't I? You're old school. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, we started, we started a letter writing campaign. I think it was me and uh, another fan. We did little postcards to send into Warner brothers to try to get the uh, seasons two, three, and four out. Um, I remember like, it was so funny because like back in 06, when Superman returns came out, uh, a friend of mine who was working at Superman homepage uh, interviewed Elia and my friend uh, name dropped me to him and said, oh, you should call Sam because he has really great ideas and he's really pushing this series and making it something fresh and people that could people really he's percolating people's interest with what he's doing on his website and everything. So, uh, yeah, I was working down in downtown Chicago at the time in retail and uh, I get a phone call and it's. Uh, Mr. Rizzo, can you please hold on for Mr. Elias Sulkin? And I was like, no, no way, no freaking way. Why would he be interested in what I'm doing? And then he comes on the line and goes, Sam, you know, in his Hungarian, his accent. Sam, Sam. It's Ilya. Yes, it's Ilya. Uh, and I couldn't, I still couldn't believe it. And like, I was like, I was testing him. I'm like, did you write Young Dracula? Did you do this? Did you do that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I did this. And I was like, damn. Like, oh my God, this is, this is serious. Um, and we were, fr- we were, we're friends. We've been friends for a long time and I'll never forget him going and saying, Hey Sam, who do you want to talk to? I'm like, uh, who's available? And he's like, well, I'll call Gerard. I'll call John. And it just started like the ball going. And now like I consider everybody from the show friends of mine. And it's so yeah, funny when, be crazy. when, du- when Bizarro calls me or Michael Mano calls me or <laughs> Gerard calls me and it's like, Sam, like, I want to do this show. Like, uh, I mean, we're doing a show and I'll plug it at the end of the podcast, but we're, we're going to be at the Superman celebration next week. And oh, fantastic. Uh, this the the two gentlemen who are guest starring uh, from Superboy at that show has have never done a sh- convention before, so they are freaking pumped to meet the fans. They I can't tell you how many times they say, "Sam, I just want to meet the fans. I just want to meet the fans." 
So, so it's going to be really, really fun, and I can't wait. And it's great that, like, I know you were there. Was it last year you were there with Stacey? Um, you yeah, were there I, with Stacey I, last year. You hosted a panel. Yeah, I, I've been there a couple times and hosted a couple panels. Uh, like, yeah, it's 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 just it's just crazy that after all this time that they still have such a love for this show themselves that the 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 people you know Jared and 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 Stacy and everybody else that they they have that passion to still want to come and meet fans thirty five oh, yeah. years later for this show it's great. Well, it's just it's gratifying when you hear them say or just talk to fans about what it was like being in that suit or putting that cape on for the first time or uh, being Superboy's first love and falling out of a helicopter and having him save you. Like, it, I yeah, mean, and you just see like Stacy and Gerard, they beam when they're up there talking about it because this is something that, um, that is just, it, it's part of, it's part of the superhero lexicon. We all want uh, a hero we can believe in. And uh, like this Superboy series was, I, I think of it as it's such a spinoff of the Superman films. I mean, mm. like what you said, Alan, the costume, the look, uh, you had the same production team, you had the same uh, flying uh, unit uh, team putting everything together. It was just so yeah. well done on a shoestring budget. And uh, you guys still, and, ki- and on the, <laughs> you guys still on the killed shoestring. my show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> on the, on the, on the, the topic of the shoestring budget, Sam, I just want to ask it because I think it's important we address a, a little bit of an elephant in the room is that people are not always kind about the show. And I think when, when, when it's revisited and people go, well, people who didn't grow up with it, people who, you know, are discovering it for the first time, they don't always give it, you know, the, the respect it deserves maybe. And I think it's true of all Superman shows. People, mm-hmm. you know, people make fun of the George Reeves show. Plenty of people make fun of Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you feel when maybe someone discovers Superboy for the first time and they kind of just laugh it off or they, they, they don't, they don't give it the, the kind of the same, uh, appreciation that you give it you know i've i've seen people comment about the first season and oh the first season's so hard to get through and it's like oh my god like it feels like watching the george reeve series it's just very slow and it's not getting it's not keeping me interested but i i say i say to them what stacy says all the time um those first 13 are the training ground for what's Mm -hmm. to come and season two um they really hit the ground running with season two. They replaced three, most of the cast, half the cast, more than half the cast with Gerard and uh, Sherman Howard and Alon Mitchell Smith. They brought in as Andy McAllister. They, they, Ilya really did it on the fly. And I don't think any other show up until that point ever got rid of their core cast and in mid in mid uh, syndication or mid run, like totally revamped the series. And he did it, and I, to his credit. Yeah, I uh, want to give you my uh, my Superboy hot take, Sam. As as one Superboy expert to another, right? Uh, I I re rewatched the whole series just recently for the first time in about ten years. Uh, I I can say definitively that I do prefer John Newton. I think <laughs> I, I, he's my he's my favorite Superboy. Uh-huh. Um, and in many ways. Season one is my favorite season. Hey, you know what? Whatever floats your boat. I yeah, but you Rob, know Rob, look, Rob has uh-huh. very uh, eclectic tastes Super when it comes eclectic. to things. Rob, you know the what? weirder, no. the better for Rob. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. I want to. I want to justify this. Okay. Okay. Right. Go ahead. Okay. So first, go ahead. first of all, obviously Sherman Howard is the better Lex Luthor. That, there's no question of that. Obviously, the Bizarro episodes are great. Obviously, the look and the aesthetic and the direction of season three and four uh, was far superior and they had some of the best 
Superman stories of the show and possibly even of all time. Obviously, I love mind games and never stop talking about mm-hmm. it on this podcast. But um, the overall kind of journalism heavy feel of season one, Clark yeah. Kent just p- pounding the pavements of Schuster University, you know, going around with his little pad and his little pencil, reporting on these little crimes that people were doing. I absolutely love that. That There's that awful episode, The Invisible People, where it's something about homeless people or something and Clark Kent's writing a story about it. Excellent. There's that other one, <laughs> Troubled Waters, where he goes back to Smallville. I fucking love Troubled Waters. He goes back to Smallville and there's these shady, there's a shady corporation and they're trying to buy up all the farmland and uh, so that they can, because there's oil under the farmland or something. And Clark Kent has to write a story about it and Superboy has to show up and show these you know, corporate guys who, who's boss. Absolutely love it. You know, whereas in the second season, it's kind of just super villain of the week. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's very small, heavier fantasy kind of, you know, Dracula turns up and all that stuff. And then season three and four, they kind of get back to that sort of investigative feel. They go to the bureau and all that. But the only thing I'll say about season three and four is it's kind of just Superman at that point. There's no, it has less of a youthful feel. Whereas in season one, they're in college you know, Clark's riding a skateboard. Like the, the music in season one, by the way, the music in season one is like 100% inspired by Miami Vice. It's that real kind of just heavy drums, synth. I, I And it's all like, it's all filmed in Florida. So there's like palm trees everywhere. Love season one. So so you love season one, Rob. You're like the first person I've ever talked to that loves. <laughs> John, John Newton looks like he, well, one thing I, I always take from when I see him in episodes from season one is he literally looks like he walked off the front cover of a John Byrne oh, yeah. Man of Steel issue. He, yeah. Like he's perfect for the, like yeah. he, he, he looks exactly like the Superman of that, the you know, the Superman of that era. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love, I love both of them. But like, yeah. For me, uh, being a six-year-old, I was six when I saw my first episode of Superboy, and it was the summer of 89. And here in Chicago, they played it on what was called the Power Station, Channel 50, the Power Station. And it was on... Channel 50, the Power Station. The Power Station. Um, And it was on like 4 o'clock and 4.30, and then you'd have like uh, Dracula, the series, My Secret Identity, um... And, and sorry, Sam, to interrupt you. Is this the original run? Is yeah, this is during the, the original run. Sorry. Okay. In the summer of 89. Um, yeah. So so it aired in syndication like around four o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays, actually. But uh, but yeah, the first episode I saw was Bizarro, the Thing of Steel. And what a great first episode to see. Yeah. I mean, to see Bizarro and those first five minutes are literally taken right from the comic, the 1960 comic. Yeah, uh, Superboy 68, right. like frame for frame, like that yeah. first episode, they literally just took right from that that first issue, and uh, Bizarro kicking the the cop car through the department store window, that's right from the comic. Well, in the comic, he threw it into the window, and Superboy shows up there, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you just see the blood, sweat, and tears that those comic book writers, Mike Carlin and Andy Helfer, did that episode. Uh, David Nutter, who is an amazing director, got his yeah. start on Superboy. And now he is the go-to. He is the Spielberg of television. Uh, the Flash, X-Files. The guy has Smallville. done Smallville. Has done Birds of Prey. The guy has done everything you could think of. He he just did uh, The Time Traveler's Wife. I love the book. 
hated the movie. Uh, they're doing yeah. a miniseries on HBO Max, and I think he did the first episode. I think he's directing a couple of them. But he mm-hmm. did an interview on there and was talking about the guy is amazing. Like they, I, they and really had a great talent pool from Superboy. I was I was listening to Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, and he was talking about David Nutter and Michael Rosenbaum played Lex obviously on Smallville. He was saying that um, if you direct a pilot of a show because of the Directors Guild rules or something like that, if the show is picked up, you get paid for every subsequent episode that gets made. (laughs) And David Nutter is like the king of directing pilots because every pilot he directs gets picked up. So he directed the he directed Countdown to Nowhere. Uh, yeah, am I right in saying that? Yeah, he did. And then he he directed the Smallville pilot, which went on for ten years. Mm-hmm. I think he directed the Game of Thrones pilot. He definitely directed the Supernatural wow. pilot, which went on for yeah. sixty four thousand years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. So the man must have so much money. <laughs> yeah, it, it's insane. I mean, and I he is the one person I have not talked to yet from the show, and uh, Kevin Kiner, the um, the composer. But uh, yeah, like um, like they they got their start on Superboy, and it's funny because when you go on Kevin Kiner's website, he doesn't mention Superboy. I don't know what's what's that thing, what, what's yeah. going on with that. But, on, on, uh, the, on the yeah. on the subject of Kevin Kiner, Sam, yeah, I was listening to your podcast, Superboy: The Legacy, mm-hmm. and you guys brought up the fact that if you go and watch the Titans show, the brand new like Titans show on. It was on uh, DC Universe or whatever, and now it's on HBO Max. Uh, there's a Superboy arc in that. Now it's not it's not the Superboy from the show. It's Superboy Connell, the clone version of Superboy. But Kevin Kiner is the composer on that show, and when Superboy takes flight on that show, it's the theme tune from the '80s show. And I didn't know this, and I went to YouTube and I listened to it, and it's this beautiful modern orchestral Hans Zimmer-like arrangement of that classic theme tune. And I was listening to this walking down the pier. It was a sunny day. Listening to this, there was tears in my eyes. I was like, <laughs> oh fuck yeah. God. It was glorious. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm have to check that out. It's so funny um, because I didn't catch it when I was watching it. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, they have Connor Kent or Connell now on Titans. And I only watched for that one episode. And um, the gentleman he meets at... Um, what was it? That farmhouse or the Kent house? Was it the Kent house? I don't remember the episode so long. I, I never. I don't actually watch Titans. Okay. So yeah. Well, he meets somebody, and it's the gentleman from Captain Power. So there was so many different like, yeah. <laughs> like guest stars in there. But I didn't catch it the first time. And my friend Adam told me, he's like, "Hey, did you did you hear when he, Superboy and Krypton are in the the square the, in the city?" And he's looking at the. Uh, the black T-shirt with the S, and it, I could could have swore there was the Superboy theme from from the old series, and I'm like, nah. And I never went back and checked until somebody sent me. I think it was one of my co-hosts from from Legacy sent me the clip on YouTube of the full music cue, and I was like, wow, I did hear it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know. I had no idea. But like, I love that Titans does those deep cuts. They even did like the the Batuzi thing, which was really funny yeah, in one of the awesome. episodes. And so, yeah. But what is it about the Superboy show that, like, you know, we're all fans of different things. But I mean, this is is really a part of your life in a huge, huge way. <laughs> like, what what is it about the Superboy show that means? so much to you or that has had such an impact on you over over the last 30 years well 
I mean, it was the first Superman uh, TV series that really got me into the character. Um, it was just kind of like a snowball of the Bizarro episodes mixed with the Dracula episodes. The, the, the whole sense of fantasy and Superboy fighting uh kryptonite like kryptonite was so overused on the show but the effect was so cool being a six-year-old and seeing superboy like uh shriek because of the kryptonite and turn and his skin literally turned green green, just like the comic was amazing and to see him fly and uh do the shirt ripped or save lana i think stacy hyduk's performance as lana was amazing too even though she she was always in constant jeopardy but uh like and I mean some of the other some of the other episodes, Superboy losing his memory, Superboy lost was a great, great episode. The callback to the George Reeves episodes of the fifty, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, of the fifties. So there was so many things about the show. I think it was really Gerard's performance as Superboy, um, in that second season, the third and fourth season, where he got to, he literally was like he stepped out of the pages of the comic. That costume was absolutely amazing and they just improved on it and improved on it and it it got to the point where it literally is still to this day the best costume ever put to film no offense yeah, to the I, Chris- i'd agree with that i no, agree with that i know i'm gonna get flack from the christopher reeve fans i, I get it uh and the dean kane fans and uh tyler hecklin uh fans but to me <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you get any flack from the I, tyler I, I, I don't know <laughs> but like you never know you never know on social media but uh yeah. Honestly, I don't think we will ever see a costume like Gerard's or John Hames Newton's ever again, or even Chris's yeah, costume. We'll, we'll never see that again. Yeah, so. I was looking. At, I actually was looking at a, one of Jim Bowers's um, stills of, of of Chris Reeve in his suit earlier on, and uh, it was a full body uh, image of of Chris, and he was just standing, just a standing. I think it's the same similar. It's a very similar pose to what Sideshow Collectibles are releasing in their new premium format figure. That's why I was looking at it mm-hmm. and. Uh, God, when you when you stop and just look at the suits of that era of the Christopher Reeve and the the, the Superboy show era, they're they're beautiful. They're, you know, they haven't like they're they've obviously dated in certain ways. You know, they're they're thirty five, fifty years old, forty five yeah. years old, but like they're they're timeless in a way that I don't think we'll ever see again. You know, you no matter how I know Dean Cain spoke previously about how he was enthralled by. Um, uh, Supergirl's costume in the in the new TV show because you know the material was so much better and he was like God I wish I had had something like that mm-hmm. but you know it's such those Reeve you know Newton um, Christopher uh, Gerard Christopher suits are just so timeless I think they're beautiful beautiful um, costumes it's yeah and to see them up close is like it's like it's like Knights of the Round Table like it's it's like oh my God this is in front of me like this is insane and have you yeah. seen them up close Sam. <laughs> and uh, yes where, where, i have where have you seen them sam <laughs> i've seen them multiple places i see them all the time when i wake up in the morning <laughs> hey, let's talk about that please okay yeah uh where do you want to start <laughs> how many do you what, have what do you what do you have in your possession yeah tell us all about them. uh you know what I, I let's keep that a little bit of mystery i mean i have okay i have uh i have more than one. More definitely more than one. And different okay. versions. Okay. Yes. Um, I have scripts. I have I have a lot. I have uh Clark Kent's glasses, both from John Newton and Gerard. Um Oh wow. Yeah. Fantastic. I have a ton of 
ton of stuff, but uh, but yeah, it's it's insane. I could have bought a a Mustang, a really nice Mustang for what I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But it wouldn't have meant as much. To no, you. I mean it was so funny um, when I got these things, and I just remember the FedEx guy. Uh, the FedEx guy coming with the boxes and dropping them off on my on the porch and going, what the hell did you get? And I just remember taking the capes out and I had my cousin here. He was helping me uh, put them, preserve them. And uh, when the light hits the tunics in a certain way, you see like a shimmer on the blue. And it, I was wow. like, oh my God, that is insane. But uh, But the capes, the capes are amazing. What's it like, like as someone who, like obviously, I I don't own a Christopher Reeve suit or a, you know I have I have a replica that uh, Christopher I spoke about it with Jim Bear on the Jim Bear's episode previously. I, I bought a beautiful replica of mm-hmm. the Christopher Reeve cape from a, a guy who makes them, you know, kind of makes them bespoke. And um, um, Greg Thomas is his name. He, he yeah, was on the I know Greg. Podcast, very you know, nice guy. Un- yeah, unbelievable work. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 so accurate to the film version. It's insane. Yeah. But it's not it's not the genuine. It's not it's not a screen used cape. No. What is it like to to have possession of something like that and you know to be able to look at it and appreciate <laughs> it in person? Is this uh, it's it's surreal. Um I think the first thing I ever um I never thought I was gonna get any of these costumes because they are so hard to get. And I mean they're so few and far between because the market is flooded with either it's legit or it's not mm. legit and yeah. as as our fellow jim bowers as our fellow uh friend jim bowers has always says on his podcast and on his website do your homework yeah so i did my homework i consulted him i consulted a couple friends who are in the business and i was like okay i'm gonna buy this lot from from the actor from gerard and i was like should i do it should i do it should i do it should i do it and all the while, me and Gerard are going back and forth for two years. Because, I mean, this stuff is sentimental to him. This was yeah. this is his life. This was the character that his claim to fame. And, uh, you know, we talked about it for two years. We went back and forth. I was helping him uh, consult with different auction houses. And I jokingly said to him, I go, you know, the only person that's going to bid on this is going to be me, <laughs> you know, at the time. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So, like we talked to different auction houses. We talked to um, a number of people. And at the end of the day, um, you know, he basically said, you know what, Sam, it just feels right to sell it to you. Yeah. And uh, he had the check within 24 hours and I'll never forget the phone call from him going, Sam, that was the fastest business transaction I've ever done. I was like, it's a damn right. (laughs) But yeah, it was, and you never hear of a fan getting anything like this, a big, set like this directly from the actor like you never hear anything like this it's always from a third party or from an auction house but to get it directly from the actor it was i mean what more providence do you need (laughs) like come on and and you don't have to answer this if if you don't want to but i I was just wondering out of the collection that you personally have Mm -hmm. what is your what what's your your most cherished piece oh geez i have a couple um out of the set that I got from Gerard, I say his scripts. I really like the scripts um, because you get to see like his mindset going into certain scenes, um, like the notes in Roads Not Taken or the notes in Wish for Armageddon, the, the episode he wrote. 
I mean, literally, I have like seven different versions of that script. One's like this, literally this big. Sorry, you can't really see. Uh, and you could kill somebody with it because it's the size of like three phone books <laughs> because it has everybody's number in there. It has everybody on the production team, where they're shooting, everything. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, but I think I think the biggest, I think the thing that I most cherish the most out of that set um, is his production chair. I really love his production chair. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen the photos that you have of 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 you with the production chair. It's very similar yeah. to the what Jim has. He has Christopher's I, uh, production chair. Yeah. It's 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 a beautiful um, it's a beautiful thing to have. It was cool because we when I went out I went out to Jim's and we did a photo shoot. Uh, what is it? Three years ago now? Four years ago? Uh, twenty nineteen. Um, so yeah, it's been a minute. But I brought everything out there. We did a nice photo shoot, and uh, it was really like awesome to put Gerard's chair next to Chris's chair and like us take a photo together with those pieces of history because like a lot of those things get thrown away like Pinewood is notorious for throwing so much stuff away um and Jim Jim told us himself in in our Jim Barris episode he was like yeah the the, the way he got so much of you know the photographs they, they were going in a dumpster Mm-hmm, you know, and someone yeah. contacted him and said, here, you know, would you be interested in, in these things? Like they would have been lost to time yeah. forever, yeah. you know, and that's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. I, and you know what? I just feel, I feel very lucky. Uh, I know Jim feels the same way. Very lucky to, to have a lot of the things we have in our personal collections. And yeah. um, like I literally like, I pinch myself every day. It's, <laughs> it's great, just so crazy. It, it's so, a great yeah. responsibility as well, though. You know, it's yeah. not just a, a thing of owning them, but like, you know, it to, to keep them and to keep them right, and, which I know you and Jim obviously will, but it's it's that, that's got to be a, a big weight on your shoulders as well to make sure that, that they're taken care of. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, whenever I handle anything, I wear my cotton gloves or uh, if I'm putting something away, like one of the capes, they go in a, a, a clear, like, plastic garment bag on top of a uv bag so they're like triple protected half the time so uh but the next big thing i want to do with with at least one or two of my suits is like display them in a nice display case um and that's that's what i'm working on right now (laughs) it'd be so cool i love i love those suits they are so amazing and um just to see how hard these guys worked like Mm. to put these things on like i mean to hold them up, they they are so little, and to see how they stretch and everything, like we, I, I, when I was out at Jim's, he has a Superman three tunic, and we had a couple of Gerard's tunics, and we put them together just to see the different intricacies and differences and how they were made, and it's just mind-boggling the things we find when yeah, when you amazing. like the clips on the cape, on the Superboys on the season two tunics, you could see the clips where where they were and when they lifted the cape up they just ripped them off and you could see the indentations right there on the on the tunic oh. was really cool like if, if if there's people listening to the to this episode now and they've never yeah. seen it and they want to check it out what um, one episode would you recommend to them um i would definitely i mean roads not taken is the the quintessential go-to yeah for this this series because i mean a lot of what we see now with the multiverse and now with the flash and multiverses and in the MCU, um, 
Superboy was like one of the first shows to do that on, on that scale. Um, but I mean, Road's Not Taken is one. Um, any of the Bizarro episodes like are just yeah. amazing. I think that first Bizarro episode is probably my favorite, you know, just yeah, because I mean, it was it was the first episode that I ever saw as a kid. And we covered some of the Bizarro episodes with um, Zach Moore um, a, a couple of episodes ago. And like it, it's it, it's incredible how comic accurate their Bizarro is like, they, yeah. you know, there has. And I know. You know, spoiler alert that Bizarro is a big thing in season two of, of Superman and Lois at the moment. But still, mm-hmm. when you're talking about the comics, like I've we have collected editions that we have spoken about before on the podcast, me and Rob and um, the 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 Bizarro of the, the 50s and 60s and stuff like it's 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 exactly that guy. In yeah, the, like mm-hmm. looks, feel, personality. They, they nail Bizarro. Oh, yeah. And I love that they played on the sense of brother, like my brother. I mean, how many yeah. times did Bizarro say it on the show? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And get twisted by Lex. Like, he's twisting your mind. Like, it was so yeah. good. I, um, even the fights between Superboy and Bizarro. Yeah, the, the second episode battle with Bizarro was kind of hokey in the carnival. <laughs> that little makeshift carnival was kind of uh, Super, uh, Superboy getting hit with the, the bat <laughs> across the chest was kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, but, like, when you go into the Bride of Bizarro episodes to kick off season three, like yeah. it's just amazing and the exploding I, bizarro pigeons those the, were, that the was, pigeons. Those were, that was my favorite part yes <laughs> I, I think i think i said on our on our bizarro episode sam that um if you compare the initial bizarro two-parter from season two and then you compare that with brighter bizarro you can see just how much of a leap the show made between oh, season yeah. two and season three yeah like it just became it, it looked like a movie in season three it was astronomical oh yeah i i mean I, I categorize seasons three and four as the the pre-X-Files because it's yeah. basically Lana and Clark investigating paranormal activity within the Bureau, which is, you know, it's, it's like the really, FBI. Oh, you can, really, yeah. you can really see the effect of, say, the 1989 Batman. Like, oh, yeah. You, you can almost see yeah. the difference between one episode Batman 89 comes out and then like the following Monday it's it's you can see the effect that that has like the same way you could see it in say the flash with John Ship like there's a that has had such an impact at oh, the yeah. time yeah i mean season 2 you can you can definitely see it starting with season 2 where when they bring in characters like Bizarro Metallo Yellow Perry um all these characters from the comics that were never utilized Toy Man played by the great Gilbert well he wasn't called Toy Man but Nick Knack yeah. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, um, who we just lost, I mean, uh, was amazing. Yeah. And he went on to voice mix this Pitalik in the Superman, the animated series. So, I mean, you had so many great actors come in in that second season and give it uh, the, the kick that it needed in syndication to really. I mean, it was in the top 10. It was right there yeah. next to Next Generation for those last three years. So I've always wondered this, Sam, and you might know this, right? In season three, they yeah. go to work in the Bureau for Extra Normal Matters, right? Which is kind of a strange concept when you think about it. Like, it's a really out there idea for Clark and Lana to get this uh, internship and work at a government agency. When you would just naturally assume that because it's a Superman-esque show, why didn't they just get a, a internship at a newspaper? Were they, were they not allowed <laughs> to do that? Because the Bureau is very similar yeah. to the Daily Planet. And, like, Dennis Jackson is very similar to Perry White. Perry White and... Yeah. Yeah, Robert and, Robert know, Robert Levine played it totally as Perry. Like it's just yeah. basically Perry White, just called something else. Um, 
was uh, was Mr. there a reason for that though? Do you think? Um, I could see the reason for Clark because Clark didn't know who he was, and I think that was giving him an avenue to find, um, find out his origin. And we never mm. really, and that was the biggest thing about the four years of Superboy is that we never really, he never really discovered who he was in the four years. He found out from Vorak and Murr, but then forgot because they turned back time. Um, okay. There was hints at it in season four and West of Alpha Centauri when he met all those different aliens that were being collected by that, that one guy. And they had that prophet, uh, that prophecy with the S, but he still yeah. never found out who he really was. So Did he kind of meet Jor-El and Lara again in Mindscape. In Mindscape, yes, which was uh, that that was a tribute episode to uh, the Alan Moore story for the man who has everything. Mm. So yeah, and am I right in saying that? Maybe it's not that episode, but I'm right in saying that George Lazenby played a future version of Superman in the show, or, uh, or it, was it Jor-El? No, it wasn't George Jor-El. Lazenby. He played uh, he played Vorak, which was he was in dis- he he was a he was Jor-El, but he was in disguise. He was he wasn't really Jor-El. Okay. Um, yeah, but Ron Ely, tar- the 1950s 1960s Tarzan, we got to see as the older Superman in Road to Hell. He was but amazing. They, but- they weren't allowed to call him Superman. Yeah, no, but it's funny because That's in crazy. the in the sky edits, if you look in the credits yeah. when the episode is starting, it says older Superman, which is That's pretty crazy. funny. I'm like, they got to use it in the credits, but they couldn't t- say older Superman. Sad. But it's <laughs> it's they had to change it for the DVDs or something. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's so silly. Yeah. That's that's so just ridiculous, really, when you think about it, that they just can't <laughs> use that one word when it's a Superboy TV right. show. Like, and you'll never be called Superboy ever again. And that was it. And dramatic fade. Like, that was it. We couldn't couldn't say Superman in the series. So Am I right in saying that by that point, the Salkinds had actually lost the rights to Superman? Yes. And they only had the they had the rights to Superboy and Supergirl and Super Pup. Yes. And th- they had those three, but they no longer had Superman. That's why they yes. made the Superboy show. Is that right? Well, it's funny because after Superboy ended and Warner Brothers put the lean on the series, um, the rights were up again, which all these speculations of Christopher Reeve. Ilya did go and talk to Chris about doing another one. Um, mm. And he wrote that script with Carrie Bates. I think it was, wasn't Superman, the new movie, it was Superman five. And uh, like Chris read it and put his notes in there and sent it back. And that was the end of it. And then I think a couple of weeks later he had his accident, but, uh, but yeah, like um, the rights were up. He could have got the rights back. Ilya has, has said a couple of times, he could have got the rights back, but at that point it was like, mm, do you really want to do another one without Chris? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've asked Ilya point blank about, Hey, what about Gerard? And his response has changed over time. Like, Oh, you know what? Gerard would have been great. Or Gerard was, you know, he was super boy when we're not gonna, you know, go down that path. Yeah. But I mean, it just was the logical sense at the time. If Chris didn't want to do it, bring Gerard in and give him his Superman status. So that's what I would have done. And what is the, like, we haven't been lucky enough to have any of the, the cast from the show on, on, on this podcast yet, hopefully maybe in the future, but knowing them the way you do know them, what is their 
how did they look back on the show or the legacy of the show do they feel like that it's underappreciated or are they happy with um, where it stands in the zeitgeist at the moment in 2022 <laughs> it's funny whenever i talk to anybody like tracy roberts or sherman howard or gerard um they speak nothing but happy memories about the show they loved doing the show stacy has said numerous times when we did when we've done panels i would have did it forever because yeah. she she had yeah. so much fun doing it and i think the the thing about the superboy series was it, it was a real family atmosphere when you shoot an episode you shoot it in five to seven days and you're you're on to the next one and like they would go out to dinner together they'd go and have after parties or rap parties together and you'd see like a hundred or two hundred people uh production team and you just see how close they were i mean i have yeah. photos behind the scenes photos uh, with the cast and like you just see like picnics together everything they did everything together and uh it was really really something that a show like this and they only had 22 minutes to tell an episode to tell a, a coherent story yeah, instead of right. 44 They're, minutes it's only 22 minutes long yeah and yeah. you forget that you forget right that, that that's all they had to work with what was basically the yeah. same length of time as, a, as one of the animated series episodes and they did they did a fantastic job i mean Roads Not Taken, Wish for Armageddon, uh, Carnival. There's so many episodes, the Bizarro episodes. Um, mind Games. Mind Games. Uh, mind we're, we're just going to have to cover that Mind Games mind, episode. Mind so that Rob never has to mention it yeah. again. Mindscape, Mindscape was a great episode with the alien. Yeah. My friend Alan did the alien rock thing that comes up, like the Black Mercy ah. that jumps onto Superboy. Um, it's just amazing. And to, to meet some of the people that brought my childhood to life on this with this series uh has just been so awesome i i mean i can't say thank you enough to all these people and all the fans that have sent me messages or about this series it's it's so gratifying it's it's a lot of fun it's, i want to so ask you fun. one last thing sam yeah and then we're going to move on okay <laughs> we're going to move on to uh, our next topic and what i want to ask you is uh i've mentioned before that i've noticed in every subsequent superman show there are a lot of similarities, some very specific similarities to Superboy. Uh, not so much in Lois and Clark. There's kind of bits and bobs here that, that are somewhat similar. You know, there's there's a kind of a Bizarro episode. There's there's alternate universes. We're going to talk about that. But definitely in Smallville, there's loads of stuff that it's like, hang on a second. Did these guys <laughs> right. just watch Superboy? Yeah. Like you had Morgan Edge who uh, got plastic <laughs> surgery and poured acid on his vocal cords, right? Yeah, that's that right. That happened in Superboy season two with Lex Luthor. Yeah. You had, um, you know, every single episode of season one, there was people getting um, infected by kryptonite <laughs> and turning into, you know, supervillain. That happens in the kryptonite kid. And that's kind right. And microboy. Jay Underwood, um, the boy who could fly. I love that. Um, yeah. Most importantly... There is an episode in Smallville season seven, I think, where where Lex and Clark get trapped in a mine and have to talk about their feelings for the whole episode. What do you yeah. think happened there? Uh, somebody must have been watching Superboy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think David Nutter handed them some notes and said, "Hey, you know what? You should really watch these one hundred episodes." <laughs> yeah, there it is, folks. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of similar. I mean, we could even go back to your show that killed my show. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about uh, that again yeah no 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 uh no hard feelings uh so but uh yeah i mean every single iteration of superman uh after superboy has 
kind of pilfered from the sh- from the show. Um, mind games. Uh, that's one episode. I mean, going back to one of your questions, if I had to show somebody what Superboy was all about, that's one of those episodes because yeah. Sherman Howard wrote that episode. And when I met him here in Chicago, uh, I had that script with me and I gave it to him and he's like, oh my God, Sam, I haven't seen this script since I wrote it. And he's like, uh, this was on a Macintosh computer. Do you know what a Macintosh is? I was like, what's a Macintosh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but it was really cool because I had so much stuff with me and like uh, his memory, it just kind of jogged his memory. And he started talking to me for about an hour about the series. And he's like, how do you remember the show? Like, and I, I mean, it goes back to what, what you guys were asking. Like, it just, it, it shows how much the fans, even if it was just a little morsel in the Superman story, we all have our own favorite Superman or yeah, we all yeah. gravitate towards a part of the character that we love and we hold on to. It just so happened that the part that, that I love the most is that nobody else really kind of knew about it. And I yeah. kind of compare it to like Batman 66. I shouldn't compare it to Batman six. It's more like the monster squad, like a cult okay. movie, a cult status. If you didn't see it, then you know what? Like, Oh, and it felt like a, only a small group. You Rob, I remember back in the day you messaged me. Oh, I remember the Sam. I remember, but it was so cool that a small little group of fans remembered this and we picked it up and, tried to get Warner brothers to, to play ball with us. And they finally did, you know, thank God for Warner archives. That's all I guess. I think that (laughs) the most beautiful thing about that, what you've just said, Sam is not only are you reaching out now to people who remember the show and have distant memories of it, you have created a new generation of fans because of fans like you restoring and kind of enriching the legacy of that show. Mm-hmm. new fans like me exist. Like yeah. I discovered the show thanks to you. So yeah, I mean, I have you to thank for that. It's, it's really cool. Um, DC universe uh, was a big supporter of the Superboy series. They, they put it on their uh, service. It was one of the first things they put on their service. Uh, now Tubi, if you don't know what Tubi is, Tubi is a free streaming service that you can go just make an account. And there's all 100 episodes of the adventures of Superboy on there that you could stream anywhere anywhere if you're in ireland like my guys are right now you could you could stream it so just get a get a vpn (laughs) so yeah yeah. does does lois and clark hold any kind of fondness in your heart uh i don't know why i said like that heart in your heart um (laughs) um sam for like in comparison to superboy show is it anywhere near the same level did you connect with it at all um yeah i love the pilot the pilot of Lois and Clark is just amazing because yeah. it just hooks you. And I, I mean, I look at that as that pilot episode as an extension of the Superboy series. Like yeah. he never got to go to the Daily Planet. And it's funny because I know Gerard says this in every single interview he does that he went out, he went out for Lois and Clark. He he got the role. Uh, they well, he didn't get the role, but they loved his reading of the role, and uh, they thought he was the next best thing since sliced bread, we found our guy. And then you go from that. And then they look at his resume, like, Oh, you've done this before. And that was the end of it. But I mean, there are so many great things in that pilot of, uh, I was going to say Superman and Lois. I mean, uh, Lois and Clark. (laughs) Sorry. It happens. I do do it the opposite the whole way. So no, yeah. So Lois and Clark, I mean, I, I always go back to the scene 
of him crossing the street and him saving uh, the people in the bus. Yeah. Like, I love that scene. Great scene to kick off the series. Uh, and him look around. I love that. And the woman's like, he, he. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the scene of him with, uh, with Jonathan in the barn talking about, you always love the rat. One rat of my favorite Clark. scenes of the entire Just, series. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Jones and Kay Kellen were perfectly cast at the right time. Uh, they were... I I I think the best Jonathan and Martha ever put to film. Better than honestly. Better than Salome Jens and uh, Stuart Whitman. <laughs> I love Stuart Whitman and Salome Jens, but they they never really. I wish that they would have gave them more to do in the Superboy series and helping him cultivate the Superboy. They alluded that, yeah. to it in the first episode when she calls Clark in Countdown to Nowhere. Are you thinking about becoming Superboy? And that was really it. Like, there was nothing else. It was like, oh, well, she knows. Did she help make the costume? No. But I love the interactions between Eddie Jones, yeah. uh, Kay Kellen, and Deans Clark, that they're a team and that they're building this Superman persona together. Yeah. And they're working as a family unit to, to, to make sure Clark has a personal life and can be Superman in the public eye. I love that. And I love that Clark goes and ask them for advice and vice versa. Like it was just such a great interaction between two loving parents and their son who's trying to find his way in the world. And uh, that's what I loved about Lois and Clark, especially that pilot. And I loved, I I say, I met Kay Kellen a couple years ago at the Hollywood show. And I said to her, I go, the best scene. And I, I, I might get flack for this for, from some people, the best scene in any Superman portrayal up into the state is Dean standing in front of that mirror and going like this. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it on camera. But uh, taking the glasses off and the music that just bellows Amazing. and builds. Yeah. And it's, he's Superman. Yeah. And she, and her look, looking up at him, like, wow. Yeah. And I still get chills. My, I got, I'm getting chills <laughs> right now just thinking about it. Because that was quintessentially Superman. That was such a great Superman moment uh, in television or even in the movies. Like they just nailed it yeah. as, as hokey as that scene beforehand where she's on the bed, like that is a masterpiece scene. The, Sam, what are Bonnie you talking trailer. about? It was awesome. <laughs> but like, but him coming out in the suit and she, and uh, Kay, Kay's Martha going, there's something missing. Yeah. And her going into the trunk and pulling out the S and going, it was such a great moment. The lovely, and I the lovely love that Jay Gruska music just sort of simmers up there. As well. Yes, it was so good. I, I've I've and always I mean, said, and I'll say it again. I think the Lois and Clark pilot is the second best Superman movie ever made. It's better than any of the Superman yeah. sequels with Christopher Reeve and any of the yeah. Snyder stuff. It's I I, mm. I think it's better than. Any we might have to come back to that, Rob. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do I do have a great appreciation for what Lois and Clark did. I. I love the first two seasons of Lois and Clark, but once you get into season three uh, with Moonlighting with Superman, it just became too much yeah. comedic for me. And then they tried to get back to it with the new Krypton stuff. And uh, 
uh, the who, uh, who was the oh, Roger, um, Roger Daltrey, Roger Daltrey, Roger Daltrey. Yeah. and then Roger Daltrey. I love Roger Daltrey. He was in Lois and Clark, and then he showed up on my other favorite show, Sliders. Oh yeah, so, Sliders. I remember yeah. Sliders. God, that's uh, bringing me and back. he kills the professor. He kills Professor Maximilian Arturo. So he tries to kill Superman and fails. So you know what? I'm gonna go kill the professor on Sliders. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I I really appreciate Lois and Clark. Uh. I just I, I love Dean's portrayal as Clark Kent. I wasn't just I wasn't too fond of his Superman, especially when they asked him like towards the end, okay, we're gonna save money on flying, so just wave your cape in front of the camera <laughs> and just simulate flight. I was like, oh come on. Yeah, and especially I mean, compared people... to what they what, what they had achieved, like we said before, with Superboy and that beautiful, yes. beautiful wire work in camera shots yes. and stuff. That was uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like roads not taken one of your top episodes rob one of your favorite episodes of superboy 2 i take it uh it's definitely up there it's it's not it's not in the top five for me um sorry. <gasps> oh my god no 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 like <laughs> i i feel like honestly sam my i feel like you will actually appreciate my top five is probably northern enemy bride of zaro and uh okay. mind games into the mystery and for me what else yeah there's there's a few other i books. love that I love that Into the Mystery is in your top five. I I, I genuinely I, I think that. that's a terrific Superman yeah. story. James Mateus talked so yeah. beautifully about it on our show. Um, you did, yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely go back and check that out. I just think it's it's a really kind of, um, how to say it's 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 just a really poignant story about loss and mm-hmm. it's it's we yeah. we see a family member we've never met before from the Kents and uh, the conversation Clark young Clark has with his aunt at the start of that where. He's talking to her about being different. I, d- I just think it's a, it's a really nice look at the Superman character and how he's sort of an outsider w- mm-hmm. without what doing what they usually do, where they just make him sort of lonely and you know float, right. floating right. off like in Superman Returns or in the Snyder movies, where he's just you know they 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 show it in in <laughs> yeah. such a more poignant way. And I think it's a really really nice episode, and the ending is really touching as well. So yeah, th- yeah. that's one of my favorites. But Road's not taken. I think it's really really strong, really good. Um, concept high concept and and they, it's filmed and shot so so well compared to the it earlier is, seasons yeah. and the film noir look and that amazing scene with lex talking to the crowd uh Sher- <laughs> sherman howard gave an interview on the comic book central i think it was where he was and joe joe stuber a good friend of mine yeah joe and he had the, yeah. he had this amazing anecdote where he was talking about how the director kind of let him address the crowd before they filmed the scene and he was saying you know imagine mm-hmm. i'm the guy you know, you've had a terrible life and imagine I'm the guy who can turn everything around for you. And and he describes like the 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 cameraman panning over the crowd and seeing them, Lex, 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 and all this. And the, the director just going, Oh my god, what did you say to them? Like And and it's true. They look amazing in that scene. It's it's but and before we go any further, my favorite little nugget of alternate university in, in Roads Not Taken is, and you'll probably know what I'm gonna say here. In Doctor Winger's lab, at the at the start of the episode, you hear this little bit of music, and it's kind of like right, and it's this kind of like little jazzy number that he's listening to. I'm guessing Kevin Kiner probably put it together. Then when we go to the alternate universe, Doctor Winger, we hear a rock and roll version of that exact piece of music. It's like, uh-huh. but it's the same thing. And then. <laughs> And then when we go to the third, like the sovereign universe, it's this like Nazi Germany kind of. It's a, dun, dun, it's a march. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But they're all yeah. derivative of the same piece of music. I'm like, <laughs> right. that is genius. That That's like um, that new movie, mm-hmm. uh, 
everything everywhere all at once. That's the kind of thing they would do. And I was like, even as a kid yeah. watching it, I was like, amazing, well done. So yeah, it's definitely one of well, the best that's, episodes. That's a- well, that's like a very Alfred Hitchcock type of thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. The rule of three, rule of three, like show it three times and then like, like, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, yeah, those, those two episodes are, I mean, just so good. So I mean, this, yeah, just for, for anybody who, who doesn't know what we're talking about or what episode we're talking about, I'll just give some a brief synopsis of what it is. Um, it was, it's season three, episode five, if anybody has the DVDs or wants to check it out on streaming. Uh, written, like we said there, by Stan Berkowitz and John Francis Moore, directed by Richard J. Lewis. It was released on November, well, the first part was released on November 3rd, 1990, uh, 22 minutes long, with a synopsis. An anonymous letter leads Superboy to Darla's hideout, where she has Lana locked in a meat locker. She's holding Lana to blackmail Superboy, so he'll bring Luthor back through a portal that took him to an alternate world. This alternate world is dark and chaos has erupted as a result of Luthor's murder by the alternate Superboy. I, I loved I loved the scene where uh, Superboy goes to apprehend Lex and go, okay, it's, it's time to go, Lex. And Lex pulls the kryptonite out on him. And seeing Lex like on the phone and seeing all the different like photos yeah. of lex like his eyes in the background yeah. of him. lex like, lives it was just really cool and that was just basically a press kit photo that they used of him, of sherman howard i think it was a headshot and they just cut it like they just cropped it all different ways <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their big you know the big budget that they had but uh yeah i loved uh the actor that played Dr. Winger. He was so funny. He did. He Just was. So he funny. was good, to be fair. He was. He was really, really good. 12 um, years of my life's work, and you want me to explain it in three minutes? <laughs> it's good, Rob. That was really good. You just give him the uh, cliff notes. Just give him the cliff notes. And Tracy was great in those yeah. episodes. Yeah. She was really, really great. Uh, she actually did that whole scene at the Superman celebration the year she was there. Uh, before we did a screening with the Superman of the Superman celebration, Josh Boltinghouse. Oh. And the, she had such a, she had so much fun doing that. Like just redoing that scene with, with him was, was so fun. Do you know what I love so, that they're able to do in this scene that you'd never be able to do now is she's smoking the whole time. And, right. and, and, and not, like, I'm, like they, yeah. they film the smoke in such this like amazing kind of, they light it just right. And it really yeah. shows how nervous she uh-huh. is and she's using it like, they never let actors smoke yeah. anymore. And it's such, you know, no. I, I no. get why, but like, it is such a shame. Like when you see this yeah. actress like, and she's doing such a good job and, you know, it really gives actors something to do with their hands. And I think it's, it's really yeah. cool in that scene. Well, I, I, I look at the roads not taken very much like the best of both worlds in mm-hmm. Star Trek, the next generation. Like, I mean, just the way this episode ended on a cliffhanger, like with Superboy, like going through the portal, and Winger, like, he, there's multiple worlds. He could be anywhere. Yeah. And it was just so cool. And how where he ends up was, like, now, like, where he ends up, that could have been an episode in and of itself about that Superboy. So let's so. let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. So yeah. he, he, he goes through, in the in the entirety of the two episodes, he goes through two portals. He goes to two alternate yeah. worlds. So let's talk about mm-hmm. the first one first. Tell us about the first world that he goes to, Sam. So the first world, he pops in and he finds out that he was the one that killed this world's Lex Luthor with his heat vision. And he just lost control. I saw you flying here. Who are you? 
<laughs> would you would you believe that I know that we're both Clark Kent? Clark Kent. <laughs> I've seen this episode. Which, like, <laughs> there's no basis times. for that. He may not have been Clark Kent right. at all in this universe. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, what you guys were saying about the whole film noir, just the way they shot these yeah. episodes, was, it was it felt like an X-Files episode. I was very it impressed by the ambiance. Yeah, yeah. It felt very dark. I love the shot, and it just feels like Superman for him on the moon. When he's walking across the graveyard, when Superboy's walking across the graveyard yeah. to go see Lex's, it's like he's on the moon. Like there's nothing else around other than like these graves, and it's like the last man on earth type of feel to it. It was like, and he looks at it. Here lies Lex Luthor, killed by Superboy. And I was about to I'm say like, that that would be such a that's such a downer <laughs> if every gravestone had the the, the way you died the, written on yeah, it. Murder. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Here lies Alan Burke. You know, laughed to death or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm like, how did they get all that on a headstone? And the headstone was gigantic. I'm like, God, what was he president? Like, God. But yeah, it was pretty. It was really cool. And the slow mo shot they got of Gerard looking down at the the grave as Superboy was that was awesome. Yeah. I love that shot. And a question I have for both of you because I'm not sure timeline wise and stuff. Was the return of Superboy, uh, sorry, the return of Superman, Superboy in the comics with the leather jacket in any way influenced by this version of Superboy, do you think? Yes. This predated <laughs> That's that. That's what I'm saying, that, yeah. Yeah, that predated it by almost, what was it, 93? This was 91, two years? I would have loved if he had been wearing yeah. the S under the leather jacket, but, <laughs> right. but he's he's kind of, right. he's in normal clothes. He's got a leather jacket, oh, he's yeah. got glasses, and he's he's he's, he's kind of uh, James Dean-ish. He's real. Yeah, I, cool I think um, I did, this episode was the direct visual inspiration for Alan's favorite Superman action figure, Street Guardian Superman from the Man of Steel line where he has the big long leather jacket and he's carrying a chain that's actually Alan's favourite toy he's scoured the internet where he can't find it oh I gotta uh, see this I've never seen this oh yeah it's like, cool like I gotta see this and, uh, you gotta send me a picture Rob has, has, has educated me into how that line of Superman toys is the best line of Superman toys ever. and you know what He's kind of right, and he's really <laughs> tempting me into trying to, to fall down the rabbit hole of trying to pick all these up like he has, and I don't know if that's a... Uh, oh, you have them all, Rob? I, I have them all. Them. I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm joking here. Alan, okay. Alan hates that specific figure, but I, I love it. <laughs> it's like if... If you can uh-huh. imagine, uh, it's like if this version of Superman, the, the figure version, if his father was another Superman and his mother was the Punisher... Yeah, that's what oh he would turn God. out. <laughs> yeah, hard, pa- hard pass, hard pass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was very impressed with the cinematography and stuff. Uh, like I love film noir. And again, mm-hmm. I was just really impressed with what with what they accomplished. And, you know, it, they, they easily could have made this version of Superboy, the leather jacket Superboy, an evil Superboy. Mm, but they right. don't. They make him redeemable. And they kind of say, look, he was pushed too far. Something happened. And in that mm-hmm. one second, and our Superboy admits that he was in that same moment himself where he thought about it. But whereas our Superboy didn't, you know, laser blast Lex, this this alternate version did. And now he's living with the consequences. Yeah. It's not like he's evil and he's flying around and he doesn't care. Like it's eating him up inside mm-hmm. that he killed Lex Luthor. And I really, I really appreciated that version. Well, I, I always I love our Superboy's line to the alternate Superboy. You still have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and our Superboy is uh, just doesn't give up on anybody. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Gerard's portrayal yeah. of this of Superboy is that you you don't give up on somebody because they 
they did something yeah. wrong, you know. And to your point, Alan, so, I think that this kind of uh, we'll, we'll we'll call him Superboy Two because then we have Sovereign later. But he's yeah. um, he's not evil; he's morally dubious. And I sometimes think that that's a more interesting avenue to go with Superman than like there's so many versions of Superman where it's just oh he's evil, you know. Yeah. Whereas whereas this version mm-hmm. is morally dubious. We don't really get the whole story. Like so, he killed Luthor. And now the world is kind of in a shambles. And it's not really clear, is it that Superboy went on some kind of rampage or the world or he turned his back on the world and or maybe these problems happened irrespective of, of how hard he worked to stop them from happening and the world is just blaming him anyway. It's kind of I, it's kind I, of open I, to interpretation and I, I really like that about it. My interpretation of it was that the world lost hope because mm. their 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 symbol of hope was corrupted and yeah. that's what i took from it but again like you said it's it's completely what what do you think sam well i mean it, i go back i mean we talked about superman the animated series you and i mean even superman and lois what's going on in that um they talked about if you lose control you lose the world's trust yeah. they trust you not to lose control and the minute you lose control you lose the world's trust because mm. they see you as a monster then yeah so by that Superboy 2, as Rob has put it, uh, losing control, the world lost tr- trust in him and are fearful of him. Yeah. So uh, that's what I, I, I like to think with that. And then moving on to what we'll call Superboy 3, um, he, he, goes, he, he goes through another portal into another uh, alternate reality. And tell us about that one, Sam. So he ends up in this very tyrannical world ruled by the sovereign. And it's almost like it's the Nazis, basically. And it's filmed very much like the 1960s. It has this filter uh, on the camera that has almost like a gold hue to like all the scenes. It's It's a sort of sepia tone. Very sepia tone, yeah. Um, I loved it. And Lana's part of the resistance force. And she's in a relationship with Lex and the two of them are, are masterminding a way to take down the sovereign and his, uh, forces of evil. Okay. And now uh, Sam, yeah. I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. You know what I'm going to ask okay. you. Go ahead. Lex Luthor in, in this, uh, alternate universe, this sovereign universe looks like Sherman Howard, right? Now, yes, he does. If you if you watch <laughs> Superman C or Superboy season one, uh, yes. Lex Luthor in that se- season was played by Alan's favorite Lex Luthor actor, uh, Scott James Wells. Right, as we all know. Really, Alan? Yes, yeah, no. it's, it's his favorite. <laughs> no. It's his favorite. No. He told me before we started. Airing. It's your favorite. That that, okay. that pilot episode. That that I can't yeah. remember what that first line is. Jewel of and I, I know that actor has passed away, so I, I don't want to be disrespectful. Scott, yeah, but it Scott, is yeah. the worst delivered line I have ever seen put to screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. Leo, she's going to regret that. Nobody talks to the president of the senior class that way. Nobody. You're right, Lex. You're right. And and yet he's Alan's favorite. Sorry. Wow, Alan. <laughs> he's wow. not. He's not. Anyway, <laughs> the point of making is at the end of season one, he loses his hair. Great episode, Luther. Yeah. Unleashed. Then in season two, he steals the face of Warren Eckworth. And that's why he looks like Sherman Howard. That's why he's older. He does the plastic surgery. He pours mm-hmm. the acid on his vocal cords, right? That's all fine, right? How come in this universe that Lex Luthor doesn't look like 
season one Lex Luthor because why would this benevolent Lex Luthor go through all that trouble to change his face and do the vocal cords and all that? Oh my God, Rob, you're you're you're, you're thinking way too much. About this. <laughs> this is this is this is a loaded question that I have to ask Julia Pastor, the yeah. the uh, producer of the last two seasons, the executive producer of the last two seasons. So yeah, I'll put that on the list, Rob. I have no idea, honestly. I think at that point, Scott Wells was beyond acting at that point, and I don't think that they wanted to bring him back. That's that's basically what it was. Um, I know. Like the last 12 episodes of the first season, uh, Elia and his entire team got Scott like an acting coach because he was so bad. Those <laughs> first handful of episodes like it was. And it's funny because the guy who was the gentleman who was hosting my website a couple years ago goes, oh, my God, Sam, uh, you run a Superboy page. I go, yeah. He goes, my mom was Scott Wells acting coach for the last wow. half of the season. I'm like small world, wow. small world, wow, and it didn't help. So, <laughs> Do you want? But yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Another thing that was brought up that one of my co-hosts, Tom uh, Gallagher, brought up on the podcast when we analyzed Roads Not Taken. Uh, why didn't Leo show up? Why didn't? Why isn't yeah. Leo in this world? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want yeah. my yeah. fan theory? What's your fan fan theory? My fan theory is this, right, ladies and gentlemen. In the Sovereign universe, Warren Eckworth was one of the Sovereign's lieutenants. And Lex Luthor did all the plastic surgery to try and infiltrate the Sovereign's empire to take him down. But somebody discovered his identity and the plan was foiled and he had to go back in with the resistance. So <laughs> I that's can why Rob, I can picture Rob watching this episode and then just lying in bed with his hands on his chest going, Why? Why? <laughs> Rob, you gotta co- you gotta come on the podcast when we do a season five pitch. I can't wait. <laughs> that, that would be a really cool pitch. Yeah. Um, unlike the uh, Superboy two, yeah. Superboy the Sovereign Superboy Superboy three is purely evil. Now we we yeah. we get a bit of a backstory that he yes. and from Lex, who's in the Resistance, that this Superboy landed just a couple of hundred meters up the road in Smallville, was taken in by another person and raised but raised to be like this totalitarian dictator, mm-hmm. might is right, yeah. this kind of thing. Um, I really right. I really liked the fact that they explained his background. Yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. And just the visual, uh, the aesthetic they put on this sovereign, this evil Superboy uh, with the gloves and the almost like a waiter type of outfit with the S. Like it just, and the cape. I mean, the cape is amazing. It's uh it's just the visual of it was so iconic yeah that it inspired uh a comic book that was to come right after is is yeah. it a, is it a top five episode for sam rizzo yes yes definitely top three definitely uh yeah definitely top three wow top three yeah and yeah. i'd have to say it's probably I so far I think it's it's probably my favorite. It would be it would be up there with um, No Thine Enemy. I really liked the yeah. darkness yeah. that that episode went to, um, which it th- kind of took me back yeah. took me back a bit when I was watching it. Yeah, it's just a great great episode, and uh, I mean, it's you have loss in it. You have hmm. Superboy dealing with how am I going to get back? Like uh, the multiple Doctor Wingers who are hilarious. Um, I, I mean, you had Darla masterminding everything, which was 
something that we never saw up until that point. Mm. She was the one putting everything into motion uh, by uh, kidnapping Lana and blackmailing Superboy to go into that portal. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a really well executed episode. I, Two episodes. I really, I really like the, uh, the the salute, the, the Lex Luthor. Oh, L, the L. Yes. Lex, Lex. Yes. I love my favorite scene. And it's funny because I cut together uh, an acting reel for Gerard. And he said, um, Sam, pick, pick a couple scenes. You know my show more than more than me. Pick a couple scenes of me as Clark, me as Superboy, and whatever. And I picked the one scene of him sitting and giving that talk to the pop, the population about um, the sovereign hmm. and his motto and what he is all about. And the sovereign uh, can't be with you all the time, all but he the is time. listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I love it. It was just a, such a cool moment, and yeah. him like going all Darth Vader on one of the oh, uh God, yeah. one of his leaders was with the heat vision was awesome like I, I wish they could have showed it yeah. but the, you know am I right in saying it being a kid show both of those yeah. older actors Sam were in season 1 episodes of Superboy as well yes they were they were well spotted one of them was a one of them was a professor at Schuster that's right a couple times yeah and then it ends with a traumatized Lex there's no place like home there's no place that was like great. home. There's no that place like great. home. <laughs> He's crazy. And then I love Lana's line. What was he before? Sane? <laughs> you know what? I think I, I think after this podcast, I might just spend that money and get these DVDs. Get, I, I, I am a physical media uh, baby. And I, I, I think I might just get the DVDs. Because, the, the, you know what? It's, it's yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching this one. And, uh, yeah, I have to, I have it's to watch a, more. It's a great series. I mean, I'm, I, I love just like what you said rob the more character driven episodes mind games that's i i wish zach snyder and that his creative team could have sat down and watched that yep. and like that's the whole dichotomy of lex yeah. and superboy or lex and superman and what makes them different and what drives them in their in their uh thinking mm -hmm. in their ideologies and I just I love the scene and I've posted this a number of times in different places on my podcast and website of Superboy laying there next side by side with Lex and him saying Lex saying what what do you want and uh well Superboy says it to Lex first this what is do one you of Rob's want favorite scenes yeah to be king for a day and Superboy day. looks at him and goes and that would make you happy and Lex turns and goes okay so humor me what would what would uh what do you want? And he's like, uh, the freedom, the freedom to compromise. I loved it. Love yeah. I love that. It's a great scene. So great scene. And that's all Sherman Howard. He got it. The yeah. guy got it. So I, I think I I'm at a, I'm, I think I'm at a point now where Sherman Howard is probably my second favorite uh, screen live action Lex Luthor, I think, after John Shea. John Shea. It'll be hard to be yeah. John Shea in my book. He's he's the Lex that I grew up with. He was loved. fantastic. But uh, yeah. Sherman Howard, that speech alone in this episode, like I was watching and going, this guy is giving uh -huh. it everything. And it's, oh, yeah. and it's working. Yeah. It's I might even watch an episode after this. I enjoyed it so much. Um, Sam, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on All-Star Superfan. You'll have to come back again. Is there anything you'd like to talk oh. about? Tell us about your podcast. Anything you'd like to plug before you go? Oh, yeah. Um, well, Superboy Legacy, if you want to find anything about Superboy Legacy, go to SuperboyLegacy.com. 
We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Superboy Legacy. Uh, this weekend, uh, well, this next weekend coming up, we have the Superman celebration down in Metropolis, oh, Illinois. I, I want to go to that so bad someday. <laughs> it's Superman Mecca. Alan, yeah, you got to go. Rob, you got to go uh, at least once. Like, I mean, any Superman fan, you have to go. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. Uh, I'm going to be down there next week uh, hosting uh, a Superboy panel with Douglas B. Myers, who nice. plays Bizarro, and my good buddy, Michael Mano. They're both my good buddies. They're so good. They're so awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. They have never done a convention before. So this is the first time. So if you're in the area or if you uh, are a big Superman fan or a Superboy fan, please go down there and support the Superboy series. Tom Welling's going to be there. Michael Rosenbaum, George Newberry. Uh, they're the wow. main uh, celebrities for the Superman celebration. Um, and then uh, we're going to be doing a Superboy panel Saturday night from six to seven o'clock. So, and I'm hosting, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So Fantastic. come with your Superboy questions. So it's going to be fun. That's great. Rob, is there anything you'd like to add before we go? Uh, oh, I'm just thinking any last minute weird Superboy questions <laughs> that I might have. Hold on. Guys, one second. Yeah, Hold yeah. on. I got a surprise for you. Oh, wow. What's happening here? What is happening here? I have a funny... What's <laughs> happening here? Okay. I have a, uh, a super, super fan on the line for you. Gerard? <gasps> Yes. How you doing, Sam? Holy shit. <laughs> Alan, Rob, this guy calls me all the time. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I harassed him. I harassed him. All the time. And he wore this red cape and like, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, everybody, this is Jerome. Yeah, but Christian. at least I got paid to, to wear it. I'm not like, like you. with <laughs> You, you run around the house and yours. <laughs> Mr. Christopher, we are massive fans. I I, uh, I bought an autographed VHS from you in 2004, and it's a cherished uh, item in my collection. 2004? Oh, my God. You have to trade that one in, my friend, for some new technology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is incredible. Uh, we This is the first time we've ever had... Uh, a super uh, boy, Superman actor on the on the podcast. It's such a, a great pleasure uh, to talk to you, uh, Gerard. Thank you so much for for coming on and, and and chatting with us for a few minutes. Oh, pleasure. Where where are you located? We're in Ireland. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're 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 in Ireland. It's a, a super all star super fan is the name of the podcast, and we uh, we cover basically the entire eighty year history of the Superman legacy, everything from the George Reeves show in the fifties to the radio show in the forties to the movies to your show. Uh, we talk about it all. We we love it. Well, it's so interesting. I, you know, I always thought it was such a a piece of Americana, real American culture, but. Clearly, it goes way beyond American culture. It's really international culture. You know, it's really interesting. And, and we were we were it's saying really... we were saying it before you came on. A lot of that uh, is to do because the show never actually aired here in Ireland, and a lot of that has to actually do with the fact that we know about it and we've seen it is all down to the work that Sam has done in 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 bringing the show to, to new viewers over the years and promoting the show. And, you know, he introduced uh, Rob to it. Rob introduced me to it. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, he's done fantastic work. And I'm glad for you guys that you were able to watch it and just, uh, you know, you kind of uh, expand your horizons now in terms of uh, 
the Superman kind of realm, you know? Absolutely. That's uh, great. G- Gerard, can I just ask you, I, I'm also a big Melrose Place fan, and I really liked when you appeared on that show. C- can you tell me a little bit about what that was like? You know what? It was kind of a short thing. It was like a, where I was just on for a, cu- a few episodes, and it was scheduled to be like that. Um, it was, I mean, it was fun. I would tell you, some of the people on the show were really nice, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a role where I think I dumped, I dumped Daphne Zuniga's character. That's I mean, right. I was dating her and I told her I couldn't handle it or something like that. And, uh, that was, that was kind of interesting, but, uh, there were a lot of really, really nice people on the set. They treated me really nicely. It was great. Awesome. It was fun. I mean, it was a very pot, as you know, it was a really popular show. So it was fun to do it. That's incredible. I'm still, I'm sorry. I'm still here in awe the fact that we're, we're, we're chatting to you. It's, it's, surprise. yeah, this surprise, was a big, guys. this is a big, Sam, big you're, surprise. you're, uh, you're really pulled um, that one out of the bag. <laughs> Gerard, I just want to say thank you for coming on. I know I texted you last night real quick and, uh, just really appreciate it. Um, but the real reason I wanted to have him on, uh, he's doing a convention at the end of July. Did you want to plug that real quick? I mean, it's going to be all the way here in Raleigh. Uh, I'm going to be at a, sh- a show called the Galaxy Con in uh, Raleigh. It, uh, it's in July, and I, to be honest, I don't even have the exact you know dates, but uh, anybody it. can Google that. It's called the Get Galaxy Con. When is it, Sam? Because you're going to be there. Yeah, I'll be. I'm going to be there July 28th to July 31st. Uh, they're doing a panel that Saturday. Uh, we don't have a time yet. Uh, they say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to moderate it for you, but we'll see what happens. Um, then uh, there are, you could get autographs, you could get photo ops with Gerard, just go to galaxycon.com and you could get your tickets, you could get your photo ops just right there on the website. So uh, we'll be seeing you. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be super. Yeah, it'll be fun. I haven't done one for a long time. It'll be fun to get out there and meet people again. After COVID, especially, you know, people are, People want to be stepping out now, you know. Yeah, and you got through COVID and everything okay, um, Gerard. You 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 came through it on the other side. Yeah, I haven't coughed for about uh, three years, and I just I'm I'm dying to like let out a good one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, like in a public place and just like blast it out. But uh, no, I'm good. Everything was good. Awesome. Um, you know, we were really kind of blessed here in the states that they came out with these these uh, vaccines really fast. Yeah. And, yeah, I think they really they really did the job. I've had mine, and you know, it didn't stop me from doing anything. I've been like traveling, I've been vacationing, I've been doing basically everything I could do before COVID. Uh, I was doing true COVID, and uh, I just said, you know what, I'm going to be living. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'm still fortunately a little on the young side of uh, you know people that are going to get killed by this thing. <laughs> so I said, I'm just going to enjoy myself, and uh, you know. Well, you are you and, you are uh, Superboy, so you know if if anybody's going to be okay through this, it'll exactly, be it'll, it'll be you. Exactly. <laughs> this is incredible. I mean, really, from doing my show, I've been irradiated by so much crap. <laughs> Red kryptonite, yellow, green kryptonite, purple kryptonite. You would think that you know that would kill anything that's in my system, you know. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, I got through okay. I hope you did, and your families and everybody. Yeah, yeah, thankfully, thankfully, so, thankfully, thankfully, we did, we, 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 we both you. had it, but we're we're still here, thank goodness, and we're still uh, we're still well, that's good. We're still good feeling to know. super. Good to know. 
Well, we'll let yeah. you, we'll let you go, Gerard. But thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You Gerard, really just but before you go, would you mind doing? Would you but mind Sam, saying? Uh, what happens if I don't want to go yet? What? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't want to go. <laughs> well, he, if he can do one last thing for Sam, if he what? could please say hello, this is Gerard Christopher, and you're listening to the All Star Superfan podcast. We would be eternally grateful. Oh, there you go. All Star Superfan podcast. That's it. Hi, this is Gerard Christopher, and you're listening to the All Star Superfan podcast. <laughs> hey, oh, thank man, you so much. I'm, I literally have goosebumps on my arms. Like I'm so thank you so much, uh, Gerard, and thank you so much, Sam. That's, that's well. Listen, maybe one of those days they'll have a con over that side of the pond that I can go to and meet you guys. I Absolutely. was just about to say it. We have Dublin City Comic Con uh, twice a year, uh, once in March and once in August, and we're going to have to try and see if we can get you over for that because that would be incredible. Amazing. Um, oh man, I would love it. I would love it, guys. The only thing is, you just got to ask. You just got to ask them to provide a translator because I only can figure out like every third word you guys say but <laughs> i figure i figure if i just drink what you guys have been drinking i'll be like right right there we'll get I'll your get point again yeah the points are on us uh, it, if, if you get over here the points are on us don't worry about that <laughs> and All you right, too sam there you go, guys. <laughs> sounds good man glad to hear it Gerard, thank you, man. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Pleasure. Hey, nice meeting you guys. You bye, too. Bye bye. Take care, it's Gerard. Bye bye. See you, Take man. care, guys. Take care, Drew. Bye. Bye. Wow, uh, Sam. <laughs> that's that. That's not a surprise, man. I'm. I'm. I think I died, mm. and I'm. Thank you so much for organizing that. It's such a nice surprise. Thank you so much. It was so kind. Um, what a nice yeah. guy. I'm cutting out all the stuff nice. about John Newton earlier in the show. Super nice. Superman. Is he still your favorite? No, no. I mean, I can get John on. What a, what a nice guy. Well, guys, I don't think it's going to get any better than that tonight. Uh, I'd like to thank Sam for coming on. I'd like to thank Gerard Christopher for coming on the podcast, <laughs> which were words I never thought I was going to say. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been unreal. Rob, do you want to throw out our socials before we go? Uh, I can't remember what they are, Alan. Uh, no, I'm going to uh, so, <laughs> uh, You can contact us uh, at awesome. All Star Superfan on awesome. Facebook and Instagram, uh, at All Star Superpod on Twitter, and you can get in contact with us with uh, you can get in contact with us with, uh, at All Star Superfan at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. I'd like to thank Sean Allen for the music and um, the theme song uh, that we is not again is in no way copyright infringement. <laughs> so thank you, Sean Allen, for that. And uh, yeah, guys, it's going to take me a while to kind of throw it back down to earth after i was only saying it to rob sam only a few weeks ago like we have to break our superman cherry and have we have to try and get someone on this sh- on the show who <laughs> was superman well, was superboy was <laughs> clark did. kent and thanks to sam jay rizzo we've done that so thank you yeah. so much sam thank you so much no alan rob thank you you guys are amazing and i really appreciate being on the show tonight and uh, just keep doing a, the gr- a great job. You guys are so awesome. And I'm so glad I could be on here tonight. So thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Everybody, yeah. stay safe, stay super, and take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>